Hello and welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. This is Honda. And this is episode 38. Mm-hmm. Episode 38. Yes, it's it episode is. 38. And lucky for everyone, today today's episode, <laughs> as in today meaning the day you're listening to it, is oh the gosh. last week of February. So there is a paranormal story too. Finally, we remember. Also, on other special announcements, Honda's birthday <laughs> is on... Day after. Sun- Monday. No. What? <laughs> Wait, what? I literally just saw the calendar. My brain like glossed over the days. Honda's birthday is literally a day before this episode. So, happy birthday, Honda. I would start singing, but I think you would hate it. <laughs> I would mute you. No. Okay, I'm going to start singing anyway. Happy birthday. Oh my gosh, she muted me. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah, anyway, everyone send your birthday wishes to Honda. We will be the same age until June, <laughs> and then I'll be older than her. But yeah, oh. Honda, so how do you plan to celebrate your birthday? I'm working. Oh dear. I have like an assignment due next week. And I wrote the introduction and like half of the first paragraph. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it tomorrow. (laughs) I'm working (laughs) on a very tight schedule and yet I'm procrastinating because I just cannot. I wasn't productive for recess week. (laughs) Same. I spent like Monday to... Wednesday Monday I work then Tuesday and Wednesday I just watched K-dramas like I finished the K-dramas watching oh my last God. week um you know like while I was getting my haircut today I just spent the entire time scrolling through the serial killers subreddit oh my god I was on reddit too when I was doing my hair <laughs> oh my goodness twinsies <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, so I was like scrolling through the serial killer subreddit and like I was reading up on like a bunch of like crazy serial killers because some people they post like um questions like oh who who is the most terrifying uh-huh, like uh-huh. killers to to you and then like a whole bunch of people like put in their responses and like some of them are like names I've never heard before so I was reading up on them and it's so interesting so fascinating like the depravity of humankind is just has it given you inspiration for your next crime story oh yes many 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 (laughs) yeah so if anyone is like bored and I don't know wants to research more crime or serial killers like definitely check out the serial killers subreddit because it's so interesting mm-hmm. and so- sometimes have- <laughs> yeah, yeah carry on sorry no, it's sometimes like uh, some users they would like have personal stories <gasps> like they would know someone who was the victim or they knew someone who was like like who knew the killer or they knew the killer themselves oh wow so it's quite interesting 
Dude, like, can you imagine, like, knowing <laughs> or being associated with somebody who knew, like... <gasps> That's crazy. That's crazy. Also, do you hear the news about um that the 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 domestic worker that was uh-huh. I would say murdered. But there's so many cases recently in Singapore. Has there been? Like, cause I'm I'm like the I'm I'm subscribed to the Telegram, the CNA oh, okay, Telegram. Okay. So like, there's a bunch of like arrests and murders or like you know court proceedings. I'm just like, what is wrong? Oh, <laughs> what wow. is wrong? But yeah, yeah, the domestic abuse, the the that case was like quite bad. Yeah, I I remember reading about it. I think was it a year ago, two years ago, when it first dropped. So like, um, TLDR for our listeners, um, there's this case in Singapore where this family abused their domestic helper to the point where. Um, the domestic helper lost so much weight; she was only twenty four kilograms, mm. which is extremely underweight. And mm. um, I think she passed away from yeah assault injuries, right? Mm, I think so. Yeah, it, it's 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 really heartbreaking. Um, that case is really really heartbreaking, especially because you know a lot of these. Girls, they come from overseas hoping for a better life, and like they seek employment in like houses where, honestly speaking, if you are employing a domestic worker, I mean a domestic helper, I feel like, I mean not everyone would agree with this, but I think it's still like you should also treat them as part of your family, like treat them well, mm. like. It's just what they did to her is just so inhumane. It's so sad. And then today's articles about it was also calling into questions the processes in which mm-hmm. um doctors can like call into the Ministry of Manpower or make complaints regarding like suspected abuse because she went for her mandatory health yeah. checkup and then two months later she passed away. <sighs> so it's like. So what for they go for mandatory checkups and like there's nothing being done? Yeah, so I guess the doctors and everyone at the clinic she went to should be held accountable to a degree mm. because you know you can obviously see signs, especially drastic weight loss. So there's that. Mm. Oof. Anyway, moving on to more <laughs> crime stuff. Honda, do you have a story for us? Yeah, and since you mentioned serial killers just now, my story today is also about a serial killer. Mm. Mm, okay. Yeah, so today I'll be talking about Dennis Rader. Okay, I've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you will definitely know him when. Oh, yes, after this episode, I will definitely no, know. No, as in, he is known by another name. Oh, he's known by another name. The BTK killer. <gasps> <laughs> and you're like, I have never heard of him. 
Shit, you beat me to it. I wanted to do the BTK at some point. Uh-huh. Oh my god, I'm excited. I am so excited. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know, the BTK stands for Bind, Torture, Kill, and is one of the most infamous American serial killers ever. And he's always like referenced a lot in crime TV dramas. Yeah, he is. Mm. I feel like I watched something recently where they like mentioned the BTK kill- killer. I can't remember. So yeah, the BTK killer is always like referenced a lot in crime dramas. Yeah, they either say his name or they actually like, you know, replicate his crimes in the story. Mm-mm-mm. It's always the replication that I notice the most. Mm. So he was active from 1974 to 1991 in Wichita and Park City, Kansas. But he was only caught on February 25th, 2005. So he was... (laughs) So he was able to evade capture for 31 years. And it's been exactly 16 years since the PTK killer was caught. Today is February 25th, by the way, Chris. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, Um, happy anniversary of the BTK, <laughs> BTK killer being caught and, um, I guess, imprisoned. Yeah, and the way he caught was actually quite interesting. <sighs> so, Dennis Rader was born on March 9, 1945 in Pittsburgh, Kansas, but he grew up in Wichita. And he felt ignored growing up as both his parents had to work long hours and they didn't have the time to pay attention to their children and he particularly oh. resents his mother oh god it's always <laughs> it's so freudian mm-hmm. always so freudian yeah and at a young age he had fantasies of torturing trapped and helpless women and also showed signs of zoo sadism oh and yeah he would actually torture kill and hang small animals. Leave the animals alone, like... <clears throat> okay. He also had sexual fetishes which included cross-dressing, voyeurism, and autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh! Yeah, so he would spy on female neighbours while dressed in women's clothing and in women's underwear. Oh, okay, so for people who don't know what autoerotic asphyxiation as asphyxiation <laughs> is is basically um strangulation while doing the do and gaining pleasure from you and gaining pleasure how do i know this well i took a playwriting mod uh a while ago and one of my friends wrote a play about it oh my god so, <laughs> yeah, she explained to the class what it was and we all were like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but despite his like, actions and fantasies, he was regarded as normal, polite, and well-mannered in his community. Mm. Yeah, after dropping out of university after only a year, he served in the United States Air Force from 1966 to 1970. And after he was discharged, he moved to Park City and worked in the meat department of a supermarket. And his mother was also a bookkeeper at the same supermarket. <laughs> It's just short of being the family business. <laughs> and he then married Paula 
Dietz on May 22, 1971 and had two children together. Mm-hmm. He went to school again at a community college in El Dorado where he earned an associate degree in 1973. And he, after that, he enrolled in Wichita State University and graduated in 1979 with a bachelor's degree in administration of justice. Mm. Yeah, during the years when he was active as the BTK killer, he worked in security services from 1974 to 1988 where he installed security alarms as part of his job. And many of these homeowners installed the cameras as they were concerned about the BTK killings. <laughs> oh my god, but like, interesting how he had like a full-time job and a side hustle and his side hustle was like <laughs> murdering people. Mm. Where do you find the time? He certainly did. <laughs> you want to know how? <laughs> you want to learn from oh, him? Oh, tell how to us, tell time. us. <laughs> So yeah, he killed 10 people in total. Mm. And it started on when on January 15, 1974 in Wichita, Kansas. Four members of the Otero family were murdered. So the victims included Joseph Otero, 38 years old, Julie Otero, 33 years old, Josephine Otero, 11 years old, and Joseph Otero Jr., 9 years old. Wow. And Yeah, the bodies were discovered by the three other children of Joseph and Julie Otero, who was away at school during the killings. Mm. Imagine coming back to your home and find your parents and like, your other siblings like dead. Yeah, I was just going to mention that like, it must be so traumatic to like spend the entire day out in school. And mm-hmm. then when you return home, like you see something like that. It's just, uh, it's a lot. Yeah, and during 1974 to 1977, he killed three more women. Catherine Bright, uh, he was, she was killed on April 4, 1974. Shirley Van Relford was killed on March 17, 1977. And Nancy Fox killed on December 8, 1977. In 1979, he attempted to kill Anna Williams, who was a, who's a 63-year-old, and But she managed to escape her fate because she was at a friend's house and didn't return home at the expected time. Oh, wow. Yeah, he would reveal later that he was like really livid that he couldn't kill her. Yeah, he was waiting for her at her home. But, you know, he got impatient because she didn't come back. Wow. <laughs> and she was lucky. Yeah, she was so lucky. And yeah, and on May 5th, 1985, 53-year-old Marine Hedge was found dead. She, yeah, she was killed on April 27 and Raider took her body to the church he frequents and he was the president of the church council of that church. It's, yeah, it's called Lutheran Christchurch. So he photographed... Not the Lutherans! <laughs> <laughs> no, my... But like, all your descriptions of him, he's just, I guess, and ordinary guy like okay not ordinary i guess he a family man he, yeah. he works and like a job he's like a like a respectable figure mm-hmm. but his hobbies aren't very respectable yeah but his hobbies just straight up um no mm. 
Yeah, Raider like photographed Marine Hedge's body in various bondage positions and then later dumped her body in a remote ditch. Hmm. One of the church goers of the church. Imagine when you found out later on it was a crime. Yeah, scene. what the hell? I think especially because he's like in a church, like he holds a position in the church. Like yeah. when you're in a church, I guess, especially if you hold positions there, like you're automatically believed to be this like a righteous person. Mm. Which is why like a lot of times when there is like sexual abuse in churches and stuff, it's very difficult for people to accept and digest. Yeah. Even like, for example, locally in Singapore, we had the case of, I cannot remember the church's name, but there was like money embezzlement or whatever. And even when the news broke, like a lot of the church members were like straight up like, no, I support the pastor and I support everyone. It's because you don't expect these things from these people. Mm. They're meant to be like good, righteous people who like follow the Bible and whatnot. I mean, the pastor is back at his church. Yeah, precisely. So... Yeah, and Raider's final victim was on February 1st, 1991, and she had been killed on January 19th. Hmm. His killing stopped, and by 2004, the BTK killings were, classi- were classified as a cold case. But then, his communication with the local media like started after this, which ultimately led investigators to Dennis Raider. So in 2004... He started communicating with the media. Yeah. Oh, why would you do that? I guess it was like, ha, you can't catch me. And then in the end, he got caught. Yeah, I think he got maybe it's the arrogance. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so the Wichita Eagle, which is the daily newspaper in Wichita, Kansas, received a letter in March of 2004 from someone using the return address Bill Thomas Kilman. Oh. The letter claimed that he had murdered Vicky Wergerly on September 16, 1986 with, photogra- with photographs of the crime scene and a photocopy of her driver's license which had been stolen during the crime. But before this letter, it was not determined that the BJK killer was the one who killed her. Mm. Yeah. So it's like an unknown victim of BDK at this time. Mm-mm-mm. And then the TV station KKE in Wichita received a letter in May 2004, which had chapter headings for the BK, BTK story, a fake ID, and word and a word puzzle. So he sent all of that. Yeah. Why a word puzzle? Yeah, the things he sent are quite random at times. <laughs> Looks like a word puzzle is almost like making fun of them mm. in the sense where like a word puzzle is something where you need to figure out like the word or whatnot right so it's like him like making fun like saying like haha here's a puzzle because you all couldn't figure out the puzzle that was me mm. and later on June 9 a package was taped to a stop sign in Wichita and the package contained graphic descriptions of the Otero murders and a sketch labeled the sexual thrill is my bill. Whatever that means. <laughs> mm. 
plus one point for rhyme scheme. And it also contained a chapter list for a proposed book named The BTK Story. Oh, he wrote an autobiography. Yeah, I guess he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I guess he was so full of himself. And in July, a package was dropped into the return slot of a public library and it contained a claim that he was responsible for the death of 19-year-old Jake Allen in Agonia, Kansas, who died earlier that month. But then the death of Jake Allen was ruled a suicide. So he... There's no way he was the murderer. So he was also taking credit for things he didn't do. Mm. To... Like in f- to expand his resume or something. I don't I know. That, Maybe it's that, quite. It's quite a common thing that um, some serial killers do, where they they tend to mm-hmm. take credit for crimes that they didn't commit, or like say things about like methods they use that they didn't actually do. I guess he I'm still wanted sh- to inside fear. Yeah, because he's still out say, there. I, I'm not very sure about the psychology behind that, <laughs> but I guess maybe to also like instill fear to make themselves mm. seem bigger than they actually are. Mm. And then in October 2004, a manila envelope was dropped into a UPS box in Wichita and it contained cards of images of terror and bondage of children. <laughs> it also contained the poem which strengthened the life of Lieutenant Ken Landwer and a false autobiography about details of Brader's life. Yeah, the details okay. of the autobiography were later released to the public in hopes oh. of identifying him. Okay, okay. But it was all fake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you know you know what they say about like lies and stuff, right? Like they usually come from a place of some mm-hmm. truth. Mm. And in October 2004, I'm sorry, in <laughs> December 2004, the Wichita police received another package and it was found in a park called Murder Park. It contained the driver's license of Nancy Fox, which had been stolen during the crime, and a doll that was bound to the hands and feet with a plastic bag over the head. Oh, Wow. In January 2005, he tried to leave a cereal box on a pickup truck at a Home Depot in Wichita, but the box was thrown away by the truck's owner. <laughs> Imagine being the truck's owner and being like, what the shit is this? I don't need <laughs> no cereal. Yeah. Away. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the brand I usually eat. <laughs> Just like tosses it. <laughs> Yeah, the cereal box was later retrieved from the trash when Raider asked what happened to it in a later message. <laughs> Such a fail. He's <laughs> like, I just want to feed the people. <laughs> yeah, the, but the, the surveillance tape at the parking lot of the Home Depot revealed that there was a figure who was driving a black Jeep who left the, who left the box in the pickup truck. Ooh. So he was quite dumb. Yep. And on February twenty on February two thousand five, uh, more cuts were sent to KKE and a cereal box again was left at a rural location. 
<laughs> Do you know what brand of cereal it was? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm interested. I'm going to find out. <laughs> so the cereal box contained a bound doll that was meant to symbolize the murder of 11-year-old Josephine Otero. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And after this, this comes the dumb part of Dennis Raider. And when I read this, I was like, wow, how did he like even manage to evade capture for this long? <laughs> so Yeah, I mean he evaded for like 31 years. 31 years. Only for his arrogance to eventually bring him down. Mm. So in the letters to the police, Raider asked if he if he like put his writings on a floppy disk, could it be traced? So the police wrote back in a newspaper ad that it would be safe to use the floppy disk. <laughs> he then sent a floppy disk on February 16, 2005. And it also contained a letter, a gold colour necklace and a photocopy of a 1989 novel about a serial killer. Yeah, police were able to retrieve the metadata in the floppy disk and they were able to find a deleted Word document that was still stored inside, unknown to Radar. Mm. And the document had the words Christ Lutheran Church, which was last modified by someone named Dennis. I'm freaking dying. This is like opening up a Google Doc, right? And looking at the last edit and then seeing who the person was that like sabotaged your entire assignment but like deleting everything. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh my and God. after an internet search, they found someone named Dennis Rader who was the president of the church council at Christ Lutheran Church. <sighs> Dennis. Why, Dennis? Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing you're caught, but like, what the hell, man? You evaded capture for 31 years and then you make a mistake like this. Like, you slip up like this. Mm. So when investigators drove by his house, they found the same black jeep that was parked at the house. But then the police needed <sighs> more evidence. Ooh. So the police were able to obtain a warrant for a pap smear test that was taken by Raider's daughter at Kansas State University Medical Clinic. And the result shows a familial match between the pap smear and the sample from Wagerly's fingernail. Oh, wow. Okay, that's really smart. Yeah. And this allowed the police to determine that the killer was closely related to Raider's daughter. And with the other evidence they collected, they arrested Raider. Wow. On the day of his arrest, February 25th, 2005, Raider had been driving near his home and when an officer stopped him and asked if he knows why he what, and asked if he knows why he was being brought downtown, Raider replied, "Oh, I have suspicions why." The cocky bastard. <laughs> what the hell? Mhm. During the investigation, you know, he was he was not really happy about the betrayal. From his daughter? No, from the police. Because he asked if... Oh, because he... I'm going to floppy disk. A... Oh my god. This man really thought he had some sort of friendship with the police because of all the... 
<laughs> yeah, he expressed shock that the police would intentionally deceive him. Listen, I'm freaking dying. This is like sending each other love letters, <laughs> and then one of them just the VTK. Yeah, yeah. He thought he had a report like going on with Lieutenant Landwa. Oh my god, he thought that. <laughs> <laughs> No, he thought he was building a friendship. <laughs> so during the interrogation, he would ask Landwer, "I need to ask you, how come you lied to me? How come you <laughs> lied to me?" Oh, this is so funny! Oh and, my god! And then Lieutenant Landwer just replied matter-of-factly, "Because I was trying to catch you." Oh, <laughs> mic drop. End of friendship. <laughs> What's that meme? Um? The friendship has ended with <laughs> friendship ended with BTK. Justice is my new best friend. <laughs> so on February twenty eight, two thousand five, Rader was charged with ten counts of first degree murder. I just heard something like click clack in my room. Oh shit. Honda, I hate this. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, so sorry. Back to it, back to it, back to it. I hope it's nothing. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so on March 1st, um, his bail was set at US dollar 10 million. And... Wow. Yeah, and a public defender was appointed to represent him. And on May 3rd, the judge entered a not, guil- a not guilty plea on Raider's behalf because he did not speak at his re- arraignment. But then on June 27, um, Raider changed his plea to guilty. And then he described the murders in detail and made no apologies. Yeah, for a guy who had so much to say to the police. And then suddenly he was like, yep, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> he was still feeling betrayed and sad. Like he, was, he was processing, you know, the, the, the end of the, of the friendship. Yeah, his, his breakup was just very hard on him. He, he, he needed some time to heal from that. Uh, during on August 18, during the sentencing, the victim's families made statements, like you know the victim impact statements. But then, yeah, yeah. Um, after which, like Raider apologized in like a rambling thirty-minute monologue. <laughs> Why could he have possibly said for thirty minutes? <laughs> Insane. Yeah. He was ultimately sentenced to 10 consecutive life sentences with a minimum of 175 years. Mm. Yeah. So at the time, Kansas had no death penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on August 19, he was moved to the El Dorado Correctional Facility. And he's still alive at this time. Wait, he's still alive? I mean, he's not that old. He's still 75. Oh, wow. Wow, hold on. I want to Google his face. Mm, oh. It's nothing much. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yes, I've seen. I've seen this one particular photo of him. It's the one where he's wearing the blue suit. Mm-hmm. Wow. You see, once again, right? When you look at his face... He just, he literally just looks like 
like a I wouldn't say regular guy but somebody you would respect somebody who holds like a respectable position somewhere he just looks like that mm i think it's the mustache and the um balding he looks like a professor professor yeah i think that gives the illusion of him being like a a respectable person in mm. society and then like the truth is he is a terrible serial killer holy yeah. shit yeah his daughter actually like um released um a memoir about like her struggles and like i know about learning oh, wow. her father was the btk killer you can even find a interview like the abc 2020 interview wow no like i think it's just so shocking if you are the family member of somebody who commits crimes like this now even when we covered the original night stalker eron's Mm-hmm. I was just thinking like can you imagine being his family mm-hmm. and then finding out that like your dad or your like close relative or your favorite uncle or whatever was this heinous serial killer. Mm. It's just yeah, yeah. I mean she at one point she exchanged letters with like her father in prison. Mm. But I apparently they don't you know correspond anymore. Oh man. I mean, not like oh man, like it's that's kind of sad. More like yeah. oh man, like <laughs> it must have been so much for her. Yeah, she hasn't visited him in prison before. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's very hard to even think about what your thought process would possibly be like if you find out like your your own father did something like this. Mm. I feel like there's an expectation. I mean like feudal piety, right? Like there's always this expectation that as the child you should still be loyal to your parents and stuff like that. But in instances like this, I think it's just very difficult to to draw that line. Yeah, I mean you were like, you know, growing up he was like doing killings yeah so it's like the same father that came home and hugged you and bought you toys is the same man that went out there and like killed a bunch of people so like how do you negotiate that is wow honestly i just wish healing for like all the families yeah the victims families and like his family who like genuinely had no idea this was going up about and like had to find out in such a terrible way i mean when he was like in 2004 when he was doing all that we had letters and stuff like the victims families must felt so haunted all over yeah, again yeah it's it's cuz he literally dug up all these things that they probably were trying to make peace with for so long mm And I think that also comes in with like how selfish he was. Like he wanted attention for himself. And it was <laughs> at the expense of you know, 
the victims' <laughs> families and also his own heart because in the end, <laughs> it got broken. He was betrayed. His true friend, his true love was like, you were seeking friendship, I was seeking justice. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and then you know the show Mindhunter, it was mm-hmm. like supposed to like lead to the PTK. Oh, okay. Yeah, then... well, the show got cancelled. Freaking oh, hell. Did you mention this before? Yes. <laughs> Oh, well. Like, because during the whole time in season one, season two, you will always see, like, a few, like, clips about this, like, like, hidden serial killer. And then it was the BTK killer. So, like, I think the the next few seasons were supposed to focus on his capture and everything. Or, like, you know, his killings and everything. But Mm -hmm. then, like, I don't think we're ever going to see that happen. You can live vicariously through fan fiction. Where people like, what do you mean? Ew! People write for like series that were cancelled too soon. I think that's a valid form of therapy. Sure. Yeah, but I don't need to. I don't need to read about him anymore. (laughs) True, true. You don't. Well, thank you, Honda. That was really good. (laughs) Wow. I feel like your, your reaction was like, who's Dennis Rader? Yeah, I was like, who's like, the thing is with the BTK, I think I I knew about him. I think I've listened or like read about him like a long time ago. So it's one of those things where it's like in the furthest part of my memory. <laughs> so yeah. So like a lot of the details you're telling me feels like new details to me even though I'm pretty sure I read them somewhere so at like, some point in my life even the way he's caught it doesn't ring a bell because no. it, it feels quite comical doesn't it I feel like I vaguely remembered like the floppy disk thing and like I vaguely remembered the the whole like sending letters to the police mm. because I think I read somewhere, like, I think it was on the Serial Killer subreddit, where people were literally, like, clowning him for it. I think so. Yeah, I think they were. Because, like, it's 31 years. You He could have gotten away with it. Yeah, and if he, he didn't start this, like, like all this letter and package stuff, he probably wouldn't be caught till today. Yeah. Or maybe he could have been caught today, like, how Eron's was. But he would have still had all that time. Yeah. But he was like, I am going to make the executive decision to execute this terrible plan. Maybe he was lonely. He just really wanted to befriend the lieutenant. And he thought he (laughs) found a friend. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, I found a friend. He's my (laughs) best friend now. (laughs) Okay, so... Me being like the queen of terrible segues. Um, anyway, thanks Honda. That was mm-hmm. really good. Thank you. BTK is really fascinating. And also like... Hella dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, um, in the spirit of weird sounds in my room when no one else is here, I've got a paranormal story for you. Watch dun, out, Chris. Dun, dun. Okay, honestly, right? I have a note here that says 
Also, I'm writing this at midnight and this is a huge mistake. Why do I do this to myself? So I was researching this thing at night and I was writing it out at like midnight and it was like the worst decision ever because I was alone in my room and I freaking hated it. Well, anyway, so today I'll be bringing you a spirit creature... Not really sure what it is, but it's a paranormal entity from Bengal, India, called the Nishi Duck. Interesting. Like D A K, not D U C K. Can you yeah, imagine? I was like, wondering freaking, how to spell. A, a paranormal duck. <laughs> anyway, so um, this Nishi Duck is apparently okay. Also, if I'm mispronouncing it, I am so sorry. Like, <laughs> I do not mean to, um like butcher its name and also to Nishi Ducks out there I'm so sorry man I I don't mean it this way I'm just trying to tell your story alright okay so anyway the Nishi Duck is a night spirit from Bengal India and is said to be one of the most dangerous spirits <laughs> a person may encounter so after <laughs> a good start here um so the reason why it's called Nishi Duck is because Nishi translates to night and duck means call. So Nishi Duck oh. literally translates to call of the night. And the reason why it's called as such is because these spirits actually call out to victims in a voice that resembles somebody close to them. So somebody they love. So oh, okay. Yeah. And those who hear the call of the Nishi Duck will basically fall into a trance. And in like the trance-like state, they will go towards the Nishi Duck only to meet their demise. And what the Nishi Duck does is it usually appears in a distance. So it appears in a distance, so you can't see what it clearly is, but you hear the voice of somebody you know. So essentially, it like still forces you to like go closer to be like, hmm, what, what are you doing standing over there, man? Yeah, so that's what the Nishi Ducks MO is basically like. Mm. Um, so the Nishi Duck not only just like stands at a distance and then calls out in the voice of like someone you know, but it can also take the form of the person the voice belongs to. Oh. So. Even if you're like, yeah, it can't be that, can't be like so and so, it will take the form. So it's like, How like does a it dub. <laughs> a man, it's a spirit. I don't know how the spirit knows things, but they just do. <laughs> Which is like scary. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Nishi ducks are. I feel so ridiculous saying Nishi ducks. Like I, I always know imagine like an actual duck. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm butchering its pronunciation, 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 <laughs> and I know I'm pronouncing it like D U C K. So like maybe that will be comfort to some people. You all won't be so freaked out because just imagine like a duck. Okay. Anyway, it's quite creepy if it's a duck. <laughs> killer duck. <laughs> anyway, um, Nishi ducks are essentially spirits of people who did not have a proper burial, and oh. therefore they like these spirits are unable to make like a proper transition from like the earth to the afterlife, 
And in Bengal, it is believed that sleepwalking is caused by the nishi and that people who are killed in road accidents, especially on deserted roads, or people who die unnaturally at night are all victims of the nishi duck. And then in order to prevent these like new spirits, so people who like die all these like unnatural tragic deaths at night so to prevent their souls from becoming nishi mm-hmm. a special ritual has to be performed in order to prevent it so here's an interesting thing about the nishi okay they can only call out twice hmm. like only so if you hear someone call out to you at night right um and you hear them call out to you like three times or more, <laughs> then you know it's like not a nishi. Uh, okay. Okay, not to say that it can't be any other spirit, but at least you know it's not a nishi. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, some tantrics. Um, tantrics. I don't know how to explain what a tantric is. It's like all religion sort of things. But anyway, some tantrics. Oh my actually control the nishi and use it for black magic. So they often use nishi ducks to harm other families, especially in like property disputes or whatnot. Or even to save a person. So you're like, wow, you can save a person. But in order to save a person, it comes to the cost of somebody else's life. Mm. Yeah, so it's not all sunshines and rainbows. Um, there is also a way to release a Nishi spirit and that is to use counter black magic to disintegrate its energy. And then you have to do some rituals in order to guide it to the afterlife. But here's the thing, right? If you don't do the ritual properly, instead of like sending (laughs) the spirit to the afterlife, you might send it from like that place you're at to another place. Which is quite funny. Like, can you imagine you're like, yes, sending you to the afterlife and then you find out that you like transported it like two blocks away and it's like still in your vicinity. So like that's the issue with it. And according to this website called The Sunday Guardian Live, there are six people today who have the power to release or destroy a Nishi. So five of them live in the Bengal, Assam, Bihar, Jharkhand region. And one lives in Garhwal. I am butchering all these names. I'm so sorry. I don't mean any disrespect. So anyway, I have like two stories. Just to like... Yeah, yeah. So one is courtesy of Kankana Basu from the Indian Express. So, the author went to live with her relatives in Mongir. It's a place in India, anyway. And, surprise, just like horror stories, she went to stay in, like, this large mansion <laughs> that was situated in this foresty area. So, it's literally out of a horror movie. That's where her relatives lived. Mm-hmm. And she arrived in the evening just as the sun was setting in the horizon. And her aunt immediately told her that if she like needed to go anywhere, she had to go with somebody else. She basically told her, don't stray too far from the from the house without somebody with her. 
And then her... And, wow, I just got this email from Google saying that like some of my passwords are compromised and like... Oh, what I, the... My breath literally caught in my throat. Okay. And then her cousin told her that there was this one time where there was this guest that came over to, to stay at the mansion and they slept facing north but when they woke up they were facing south <sighs> yeah and like okay so i guess the house was already haunted because like there were other stories <laughs> about how like people felt like something was like holding their hands and stuff yeah. so the house was already like a no-go um but the author didn't encounter any of the spirits her relatives were telling her about mm-hmm. but on three occasions, she heard a voice urgently calling out to her. And each time, she would turn around and there would be no one there. Oh. So then her aunt told her that it must have been a Nishi duck. And she basically asked her, like, did you answer its call? And the author was like, oh, no, I did not. <laughs> and the interesting thing is, so she left the place and everything, right? But even after a long time has passed, the author still says that she can still hear the spirits call out to her. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I have another story by Tired Femme on the No Sleep subreddit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was doing the story at midnight and I was like, no, 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 no. You should read the other stories on No Sleep. I'm... I really won't be able to sleep. Oh my god. Okay. So, the author, Tired Femme, when she was younger, was very close to her aunt. Um, And when she was 10 years old, along with her younger cousins, they gathered around her aunt and that's when the aunt basically told her about the story of the Nishi. Mm. So, gathering the children close, her aunt told them about the spirit or creature, um, it was unknown what the Nishi was, but she warned them that the Nishi would call and if they answered back, they would be in trouble. She told them that if they answered the Nishi, they would go into a daze, would foam at the mouth and their eyes would roll back into their head. They would lose control of their body and become puppets to the Nishi. Uh... One of her cousins, though, would encounter the Nishi. She was five and woke up screaming, claiming that someone or something was calling out to her and that she had to answer because she was lost and needed her mother. Mm. Several several years later, the author left home for college. So uni, as you all know, super tiring, lots of like <laughs> stuff to do, lots of assignments. So after like a very exhausting day, um, tired femme returned to her dorm room. But as she neared the room, she could hear sobbing come from behind the door. So she could hear sobbing come from inside the room. Mm-hmm. And then she really was like, ah, must be my roommate. Because like, <laughs> apparently her, her roommate <laughs> possibly could have broken up with her boyfriend. The way the, the, the author wrote it in the subreddit was so funny because it was like, oh, the, the boyfriend was such a snack, but like, oh my god. Obviously, Rishi wasn't going to last. <laughs> anyway, so 
she thought that her roommate was basically crying because like she broke up with her boyfriend and essentially just put her in a dilemma because she didn't know if she actually wanted to enter because if she entered the room <laughs> that would mean that she had to go and console her roommate uh-huh. and if she spent time consoling her roommate she wouldn't have time to do her like assignments and stuff <laughs> but then she heard a voice call out her name so the author was like ah shit okay I guess my roommate saw like her because from like you know underneath the door you can see the shadow of a person especially if like the hallway is lit mm-hmm. so she was like yeah okay maybe my roommate saw my shadow so she knows I'm there so I have to answer so she opened the door entered and was greeted by a pitch black empty room oh shit so she checked everywhere but her roommate wasn't in the room at all so confused she she went to one of her neighbors and asked if like the neighbors saw her roommate anywhere and the neighbor was like okay yeah i saw your roommate she was with her boyfriend at the restaurant having dinner uh uh-uh. which meant that the roommate couldn't have been in the room mm-hmm. so the author started to put two and two together and she was like okay and then immediately called the aunt even though they hadn't been in contact for 9 years. Oh. On the first ring, someone picked up the phone. Except it wasn't the author's aunt, but her cousin, so the author's like daughter who was frantic on the other end. Her aunt had passed away. Oh. Oh. <laughs> dun dun dun. So yeah. I know this is like a shorter paranormal story but it's still quite creepy. Mhm. Like there's something about Asian ghosts, particularly <laughs> Asian ghosts that like really give me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know if it's because it's like closer to home or because like our society is just steeped in these superstitions because like it's just Superstitions mm-hmm. is just our cultural norm. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god, I keep hearing weird sounds in my room. I swear it's my neighbors. It's my neighbors. Honda, if you say anything else, I will find you. Don't answer the call, Chris. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. So, um Asian ghost stories and folklore are like extremely terrifying to me. But like also um reading up on this ca- on this case wow on the story like it reminded me of this thing that I was always told as a child and that is if you're walking at night and if you hear someone call out your name not to turn your head and answer you have to like turn your entire body oh uh, yeah yeah i thought that was like especially for ch- like a uh, hungry ghostman i don't know i was always told that and i was always told like not to answer essentially mm mm-hmm. If, I thought like, that was during China. Yeah, I thought that was during Hungry Ghost Month. I don't know. I was always told that also, and like, um, I was also told that if I was walking through the forest at night, not to look up in the trees, and I don't know something about that is just extremely ominous and so scary. I mean, I don't think you'll ever be in the forest anyway, Chris. Yeah, I mean that's true. Wait, no, I was. I did outward about Singapore before, so I was in the forest at night. But yeah, I don't think from now on you'll ever be in the forest. Yeah, from now on, uh, no, 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 no. 
So, yeah, that's the start of the Nishidat. Konda, are there any superstitions that like you follow or you were told to? No. Like, common ones are like, um, don't open an umbrella indoors. Don't do. put slippers upside down. Oh my god, Honda. <laughs> There's one open in my living room right now. Are you kidding me? Do you want to come over? Nope. I'm fine <laughs> where I am with my... Click, click sounds in your room. Creaky room. I swear it's my neighbours. They're really noisy. Mm, you can tell yourself that. Yeah, I, I know. It's just in the middle of the night. You can hear like they're moving furniture and I'm like, no, 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 no. Do you really have neighbours upstairs? Honda? You should take a look one day and see if they're actually there. Yeah, I should just go up and be like, and ring the doorbell and be like, hello. What if it's empty? Stop. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yes, so hope everyone enjoyed our sorries today. Hope everyone can sleep, especially after Nishidak. Especially me, because my room is making weird sounds. So... Sleep with your sister tonight. <gasps> oh my god. I mean, she, she has to sleep with me because she, she rooms in my room now, so... <laughs> oh well. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us 5 stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HGU Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode and we will see you next week. Bye. Honda <laughs> like did as waited for me to say bye first. <laughs> Happy birthday, Honda. Yay. <laughs> bye, see y'all. Bye-bye.